This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Carr has to work quickly. Down to six seconds. Carr going down again. And it's Quinton Williams this time for the Jets. Looks right, fires a bomb down the right sideline again for Mims. What a catch by Denzel Mims. And welcome back to an episode of the Cool Your Jets podcast. We're your host, Ben Blessington and Michael Nania. A special episode indeed here, Michael. We're going to be going over Zach Wilson, who at this point is the presumed next quarterback of the New York Jets. And, and similar to when we were doing our head coaching candidate series where we'd have a beat writer on to break down the head coaching candidate, we figured – why don't we do that for the quarterback prospects? But since Zach Wilson is the the number one quarterback prospect, we figured we'd start with him. Uh, and we're lucky enough to be joined by uh, Jeff Hansen, who is very plugged into BYU. You can follow him at Ricotto10. Uh, he covers BYU for CougarSportsInsider.com, uh, and he's a part of the 24-7 uh, Sports Network. Jeff, how you doing, man? I'm doing really well, guys. How are you doing today? We're good. We're excited to talk about Zach because on this podcast, we kind of have a, I don't want to say tumultuous relationship with Zach, but I would say at the start of the, the, the process, we were probably more Justin Fields fans. And then the more I think we hot watched, and cold is a good way to describe hot, it. Hot and cold is definitely a, a good way to describe it. I would say for me personally, I was more of a Justin Fields stand, but, and I still think Fields is going to be an amazing quarterback, but call it rationalization, just call it opening my mind it's become quite clear that the jets are going to draft Zach Wilson. So I've had the chance to watch every single one of his plays this last year and Holy shit. He's good. I mean, it's very impressive stuff. Obviously there's still some concerns that remain. Obviously I'm still a big fan of Justin Fields, but even his misses, even some of his incompletions, it's like, I do see those Aaron Rodgers and those Patrick Mahomes comparisons. And as we've talked about ad nauseum on this, on this uh, podcast, it's not necessarily the quarterback you draft. It's about how you build around him. Um, so let's just talk about this this guy who's going to be the supposed next savior of the New York Jets. Uh, coming out of high school, he was a fairly lightly recruited three-star recruit. Can you just tell us about his journey uh, to becoming BYU starting quarterback? Uh, and what was the team expecting when he got there? And then what were they expecting him from him at the beginning of the season where he didn't even have the starting job completely locked down? You know, it's interesting. We're going to get into uh, probably a little bit more BYU background than uh, most of your listeners want to know. But BYU, right? I mean, they're a quarterback school, always have been. Jim McMahon, Steve Young, Ty Detmer. I mean, there's been some legends that have come out of BYU. And that is what BYU fans expect, is like that upper echelon of quarterback play. Uh, when Zach came to BYU, his recruitment was a little bit funny. But when Zach, the year, I guess, Zach's senior year of high school, uh, BYU went four and nine, had a historically awful offense, the worst offense in like 50 years, one of the worst offenses they've ever seen. They fired the offensive coordinator who was Ty Detmer at the time. So like this crazy divorce of former legend, right? School hero now being fired as the offensive coordinator. And they turned to Zach Wilson, who had been committed to Boise State. He grew up a big Utah fan. That's BYU's biggest rival. 
Uh, he was just down the road, but he hadn't been recruited by BYU at all until Ty Detmer got the boot. Uh, BYU goes out, hires a new offensive staff. They bring uh, Zach Wilson down to Provo, and it is really kind of similar. I mean, you joke about the next savior of the New York Jets. BYU fans kind of felt the same way, man. Like he, he was – everybody hoped he would be the next savior of BYU football. Like they expect the upper echelon, right, of, of quarterback play, and, and they just weren't getting it. So when Zach showed up as a true freshman, uh, I remember watching him in spring ball. He graduated high school early, and we watched him play in spring ball. And this was all pre-COVID, right, so we could actually go and see practice. It took about three throws to be like, oh, shit, this guy's the real deal. Like He's going to be really good. There's a ton of things he had to figure out, but you could just see he had the raw tools. And it was like four or five, six games into his true freshman season. He knocks off the guy who was a four-star returning starter, uh, elite 11 guy. Uh, Zach took his job and then he really held on to it throughout the rest of the year and into his, his sophomore season. He lost that job after he got hurt, had a shoulder injury, uh, in high school that really wasn't an, it's hard to call it an injury he just had some cleanup work that he needed to do on his shoulder elected to have that after his freshman season uh because of that when he came in uh, before his sophomore year they, they say that he was really only about 75 to 80 percent healthy going into the season but an 80 percent zach wilson was better than anybody else that, that byu had on the roster so 2018 comes and he isn't quite the same guy looks like he's lost some arm strength Looks like he's lost a little bit of the, the things that made him Zach Wilson. And then he broke his thumb four games into the season. So then he has another surgery. And when he came back, he just didn't look very good. So he loses his starting job and, and there's a quarterback competition. As soon as he became healthy, I had conversations with coaches. And as soon as Zach was healthy, the, the quarterback competition was over. It was all for PR. Everybody in the room knew that Zach Wilson was legit. He just needed the help. Once he got there, man, he never looked back. BYU's schedule kind of sucked this year. But Zach Wilson's been for real since his second or third row or second or third throw, rather, after he got on campus. The, the kid's the real deal. It, it's I mean, it's good to hear you talk about at the beginning of your answer there that the fact that he grew up a Utah fan and then he goes to BYU and has tremendous success because there is a photo circulating around of, of Zach Wilson in a Patriots beanie. So he, he might have to do <laughs> the exact same thing in the pros. Are you concerned? You mentioned the injuries. Are you concerned at all about the the injuries affecting him in the NFL? I think that is probably concern number one for a lot of Jets fans. As you talk about the shoulder surgeries, and you have to remember, this is a fan base that dealt with Chad Pennington, who yeah. long before Zach Wilson was their supposed next savior, and then shoulder injuries kind of derailed his career. And you could argue that shoulder injuries derailed Mark Sanchez's career to a certain extent as well. So it's certainly a risky proposition when you're talking about a quarterback are you concerned that uh that those type of injuries might linger into his nfl career yeah you know it's always a concern i i he didn't show any effects of of a shoulder issue at all during his senior year and, and really when he came back uh after he had the thumb surgery after he came back his, his arm strength looked okay he just couldn't grip the ball so things were a little bit wobbly because he was playing with a surgically repaired thumb but as soon as he came back and started to play, his shoulder looked fine. And then this year, I think he answered any and all questions. You look at some of the throws that he makes. I mean, there's the throw that went viral from his pro day and all that stuff. And, and you, you kind of get lost in the wow factor of the throw. But if you look at what he was doing to his body, right, and like the, the pressure that that would put on a hurt shoulder, if there's any damage, he didn't show any effects of that. So is it a concern? If it were like a shoulder injury that like – football caused this injury 
Maybe I'm a little bit more concerned, but from everything that we were told is it was just a cleanup. It was something that, hey, this could be an injury down the road or, or something. Let's go clean it up, tighten things up now, and then you won't have issues with it moving ahead. Uh, a little bit of background on the Wilson family. They were able to go to just the, the, the premier doctor. If I remember right, I think they went to, to Dr. James Andrews, like the, the, the what, what is it, the right. Tommy John guy, right? Yeah, yeah. I think that's who did the shoulder surgery. Uh, they are from a pretty affluent family, so they were able to really go outside of the college football network and go and pick their uh, the, the prize doctor to do this surgery. They came out and said, hey, everything's good. So, I, I mean, you're always a little bit concerned, but I think that he's done everything he can to answer the questions himself. And I think that the quality of medical attention he received is the best of the best. So uh, you got to feel as good as you can, I think, going into the future if you're a Jets fan. And I, I want to talk to you about the 2020 season he had, because I think for most fans, Wilson's a guy who really only came onto the radar like midway through the season once he really started breaking out. So what do you think are some of the biggest factors that led to him having such a big leap in 2020 compared to 2019? And at the same time, in that 2019 season, because his numbers weren't close to what they were this year, do you think that his production in 2019 sort of underrated him, or do you think he really did take a legitimately large leap this season? I think he took a leap for sure, and the schedule absolutely plays a part of that. There are throws that, as you watch Zach, there are throws that he makes that are uh, it's, there's a really fine line between it's an absolute dime and it's a little bit of a jump ball that the receiver went and made a play. Uh, and that's expected, right? That happens with every quarterback, but there's a few of those on the highlight reel in 2020. So the competition level, it's a talking point. I go back to 2019 and I watch some of the throws that Zach made against say Tennessee, right? SEC program on the road leads his team back. And he did that with the shoulder that you have to watch those with those highlights with the, with the injury in mind that he was 75, 80% healthy. And some of the throws he made in that game against Tennessee were unbelievable. The next week against USC, he put together one of the best games of his career and nobody really talks about it. Everybody, I think nationally people started to pay attention to him this year, like you say, but Zach was, Zach was really good as a, as a sophomore, as a true sophomore. And uh, I don't know, when you go back and you watch those, those games, he plays with the same kind of moxie. I really think that health more than the schedule, more than anything else, health was the biggest thing for his ascension in 2020 because the, the, the raw tools were there like on film, you can see that the kid was a stud playing against USC against four or five star type talent everywhere around him. And he really kind of controlled that game for, for most of the second half as just a sophomore and a young sophomore at that. So I feel pretty good about that. Uh, and really 2020 was when the highlights came, but he always had the skills to be an NFL quarterback. In fact, there was a, a, a player, Austin Colley. I don't know if that name rings a bell to you guys. Oh, oh it rings a bell to Jets fans. That brings back <laughs> visions of 2009 AFC Championship. Him uh, there, there you catching go. a touchdown before halftime, yeah. There you go. So Austin Colley's little brother played with Zach when Zach was a true freshman. And, and he stood up on the, on, on, I guess, after the bowl game. Zach went eight for 18 as a true, 18 for 18 as a true freshman in the bowl game. And, and Austin Colley's little brother stood up in the press conference and said, this is a first round talent quarterback. Like the kid worked harder than anybody I've ever met. And he's going to be drafted. He's going to be the a franchise quarterback in the NFL. We all kind of laughed it off. Cause it's like, well, okay, cool. Your jets. It was the famous. Hey, I hey, hey, you just used the, the jets, the, the podcast name. 
You just plugged you, you the like, podcast. There you go. I, <laughs> that was for you. I love it. I love it. We, I don't we know if that was intentional like, or not, but props. <laughs> we we kind of told him, you know, like, whoa, Dylan Colley, you're getting crazy with this first round stuff. Uh, lo and behold, he was right. You know, and, and so the people who were around Zach from the beginning, they saw it very, very early on. And, and this ascension in 2020 was just a confirmation in their minds. And one of the concerns that Wilson, uh, that many of his critics sort of throw his way is that the roster he was playing with at BYU was, and you talked about the schedule, but BYU was really good this year. They had a great team. They're going to have a few players drafted, Brady Christensen, Dax Milne. Um, They might even have their tight end, Matt Bushman, drafted. So they could have three offensive players drafted this year, in addition to him, after getting only one drafted in the past few years in Jamal Williams. So that's a concern that's thrown his way. The comparison between BYU's talent versus the teams they were playing. But I want to ask you about what you think of his impact on making that talent look good, because BYU hasn't really been a hotbed for offensive talent getting drafted into the NFL in recent years. And then you mentioned earlier season before Wilson got there four and nine, their worst record since 1970. And then they develop all the way up to 11 and one this year, their best record, uh, in quite a few years. So what do you think Wilson's impact has been on creating, on sort of making the talent around him look as good as it has versus how good the talent around him is on its own? Uh, I think he plays a very, very big role. Now there's guys like Brady Christensen who are just like athletic freaks. Like the, the, the storyline about Brady Christensen is that he's not athletic. The, the guy tested through the roof at pro day. Like he's insane. So guys like that are going to look good. I think no matter what Dax Milne, when you look at Dax Milne, if you saw Dax Milne on the side of the street, you wouldn't even know he was a football player, let alone a borderline NFL guy. He's like six foot 180 pounds. He just looks like any of us, right? That's what like, he's nothing. He was a walk-on out of high school and he plays with Zach Wilson. He played okay as a Dax Milne played okay as a freshman and a, and a sophomore, but then he gets a full year with Zach Wilson and he goes for like almost 1200 yards. Uh, Zach definitely plays a very, very big role. I think BYU's offense also plays a very, very big role in making these other players look good. Uh, BYU's offense last year was one of the most beautifully designed offenses that I've ever seen. I mean, the route concepts and their ability to get guys open was just phenomenal. So those absolutely play a role. But what Zach did, and, and it'll be interesting to see how this translates to the NFL. In the college world, this is a huge deal. We'll see how big of a role it plays in the NFL he really brought kind of an elevated like expectation with it. Like he was going to be the guy who watched the most film. He was going to be the guy who was at practice the longest through the most did he, he eats and drinks football. That's what he does all the time. If you ask him what his hobbies are, they'll tell you, he really doesn't have any his, his hobbies are football. Like he is a football family. Dad was a college football player. His little brother's a linebacker at BYU. He's got two other brothers who are very, very good football be playing in college football uh these these guys it's a football family that's what he does and what that did uh, especially from that 2017 season when BYU just was not good you could see the work ethic of the entire locker room change like everybody wanted to stay late at practice everybody wanted to do more and it was because the quarterback the face of the team was out there leading the charge and and it'll be like I say it, it you start throwing in money and careers and things like that who knows how that translates but that played such a big role, and Zach deserves so much credit for what he did at BYU and totally changing the culture of that team. I guess one of the most important parts about 
one of the most important things you want to see in a young quarterback is how they evolve throughout their career. I mean, it's one of the things that we didn't necessarily see from Sam Darnold. There wasn't much of a leap from the quarterback we saw when he got into the league and the quarterback that he is now. And I'll be a lot of that is, is on the team itself, not developing the quarterback properly. But when you look at Zach Wilson, what were some of the things that he improved on most from the quarterback he was as a freshman compared to the quarterback he is today? Yeah, a lot of it comes with just decision-making. And a lot of that had to do with the way that he watched film, like I talked about, uh, that he was able to figure out what defenses were doing. And that, you know, that went a long ways. But it was really, he was the best athlete on the field in high school. Uh, I watched him play in high school a ton. And he could do things that just other kids were not able to do, right? Like you expect that out of an NFL guy. Well, when he got to, to college, he tried to do those same things that he could get away with in high school and he couldn't get away with it at the college level. And that's the same kind of transition you expect for most quarterbacks as they, they move up a level, but Zach addressed those things really quick. Like he wasn't afraid to try anything and he made some dumb mistakes as a true freshman. And then he made some mistakes as a sophomore, but he rarely made the same mistake twice and definitely didn't make it three times. So it's going to be interesting. And I think that should be encouraging as a Jets fan. Like, He's going to throw some picks. He's going to look like a rookie. That's, that's what's going to happen. But if, he, if his college career is any indication of how he takes his mistakes and learns from them, I think Jets fans should be really encouraged because he rarely made the same mistake twice. That is definitely encouraging to hear, especially when you talk about him as a football nut. And Joe Douglas, the Jets journal manager, has talked about wanting to literally bring in guys who eat, sleep, and crap football, which is pretty much exactly what you just said. And when you have a player who's constantly evolving, I mean, that is definitely apparent that, that this is their number one passion. This is what they live for. Another concern though, that does get brought up is his two and four record against top 25 teams, or I guess his performance against teams that were, you know, more so of the type of the level of competition that Justin Fields or Trevor Lawrence was playing those bigger named colleges. I think that's the biggest concern or one of the biggest concerns with Zach Wilson is, well, it's easy to look good and play backyard football and have that magical sloppiness that Darren Olofsky likes to, to talk about when you're playing against crap competition. But when you have to go to the big boys and play in the NFL, how is that going to translate? Are you concerned at all with his, his two and four record against top 25 teams or his performance against some of the, the upper echelon college teams that he rarely faced? You know, there's a couple of ways to look at that. And, and the one you just illustrated there, you can, it, it can be very concerning. I could make an argument that uh, if if you plug Zach Wilson in for Mac Jones and he's playing with Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddell and Najee Harris behind him and Alex Leatherwood in front of him and four other offensive line, Zach Wilson's going to do some pretty damn impressive things in that right. offense. Uh, I look at the competition level for me. I, I look at a guy that you guys are going to be familiar with and Josh Allen, right? Like yeah. he played at Wyoming and he kind of sucked at Wyoming. Like he played against crappy competition, the same level of crappy competition that BYU played this year. Right. But he kind of sucked. Like Josh Allen was drafted based on his skills, not anything that he really put on tape because he didn't put very many highlights together. And there were a ton of question marks about whether Josh Allen would, would make it, but then he got to the NFL and those skills kind of rose to the top. I look at Zach Wilson. He has a lot of the same skills. Like he's the same kind of athlete that Josh Allen is. He has a rocket of an arm, maybe not quite on Josh Allen level, but he, he has some of those same skills but he also put together all the highlights. So in my mind, I don't know, the, the, the throws that he makes and the way that he processes the game, I don't care who he's playing. Zach Wilson is going to do well. Now, again, 
I, he does have to kind of learn a little bit trial by fire that he's going to go in and try to do something that he got away with against Louisiana tech. And he's probably not going to get away with that when he's playing against the new England Patriots. Well, if he does that once or twice against the Patriots, he's not going to do it the next week against the dolphins because that's the way that he learns, but there will be some growing pains and maybe even more growing pains than you would expect out of a Justin Fields or somebody coming, you know, a Trevor Lawrence coming from that power conference power team who played the best of the best but I think like Josh Allen you give this kid a year or two and you give him equal footing equal coaching as the rest of the quarterbacks in this class and I I truly believe he's going to be right there as this the best you know with an argument to make is the best quarterback coming out of this class I think he's special and I think for quarterback more so than most other positions, it's really important to have a guy, especially when you're taking one at the top of the draft in a position like the jets are, it's really important to have a guy who's a great leader who can command the locker room, who has all of those off field traits that you need to be the commander and the face of a franchise. So for Zach Wilson, do you think he has what it takes to be that guy to lead a team? Because there were some question marks earlier in the off season. There were some reports thrown out there, but then so many people came to his defense, teammates, coaches, reporters, a lot of people close to him. Uh, and it really seems like he does fit that bill. So what can you say about Wilson off the field and his qualities as a teammate and a leader? Yeah. So I'm a 24 seven sports guy, right? Meaning recruiting is my bread and butter. So I, I've met with Zach since he was in high school and I got to know him. Then I got to know his family. I've got to know his brother's. Uh, And I got to know a lot of the people who were around him before he was a star, right? Before he was the face of BYU football and on the national landscape. And I know a lot of the people who are around him now that he's kind of this rising star and becoming this national celebrity a little bit. And every single one of them will tell you that he's the same guy that he was when I covered him at first as a a kid in Corner Canyon High School in Draper, Utah. He's just super level-headed. He's really down to earth. I mean, it's, it's NFL teams get a little bit weird with the way that they do background checks and things like this, but little things like, Hey, the kid was on the, the, you know, the Heisman radar this year. He still has the same girlfriend that he had when he was a senior in high school, like stuff like that. Like this kid is grounded. Like he isn't letting this stardom get to him. Uh, and I, so I think he's, I think he's going to be able to, to adjust to like the pressure of New York media and things like that. And it really will come down to how well he performs as a football player to determine if he can be that leader, right? Because I think he'll ha- he has the right traits, he has the right attitude to be great. But if he comes in and he sucks as a quarterback, then I don't think he's going to be the leader in the locker room. Like that just doesn't happen. But I think if his play on the field is is even average, his traits off the field are going to translate to that leadership type role uh, in the locker room and off the field. It's one thing. Jeff, to be the leader of an NFL team, but it's another thing to be the leader of an NFL team in the league's biggest market in New York. And, you know, you mentioned he has the same girlfriend since senior year of high school and he's a Utah kid. Do you think he's prepared for the reality of being the New York Jets quarterback being a potential? I mean, he just signed a deal with Nike today, so he's going to get a lot of brand endorsements. He's going to be the face of, of a New York sports team. He's going to have to deal with the New York media. Do you think he's prepared for that in your experience, you know, communicating? Obviously, it's tough to predict, but. Yeah, it's really hard to say because uh, nothing that, that he can do in, in, here in Utah is going to prepare him for the face of something massive like the Jets organization. Uh, BYU is interesting, right? BYU, obviously a Mormon school. There's a ton of Mormons everywhere you go. And he was kind of the face of this like miniature, like it doesn't seem like little school in nowhere Provo, Utah is going to be this crazy big national presence. 
But everywhere BYU went, there were thousands of BYU fans. You watch that Tennessee game from his sophomore year, midway through the fourth quarter, all you see is royal blue inside of Tennessee Stadium. It's crazy. So it's certainly not the same level of the New York Jets that nobody would ever try to say that it is. But I think that BYU actually prepares a quarterback for that kind of scrutiny and that kind of attention more than it seems like they would on the surface. BYU has their own TV network. He was constantly in front of cameras as soon as he got on campus. BYU has fans everywhere. So no matter where he went, he couldn't go to dinner with the team or on vacation with his family in Florida without running into BYU fans. So he got a little taste of that. Right. Uh, what will be interesting, right, is if he, if he struggles and the media turns on him because he really didn't have very many struggles like that at BYU, a little bit maybe his sophomore year. But by and large, everybody was still a Zach fan. It'll be interesting to see how he responds, you know, when he goes through a six-game losing streak or something like that. But I think if things are, you know, equal, right, I think he's he's got the attitude and the build for it. Sometimes it's tough to get to know him. Like you listen to his pressers and he feels a little bit robotic. And uh, as a reporter, it's a little bit frustrating. But as a as an NFL team, you love him because I think he's just been bred to answer the questions, stay out of the limelight, pass all of the, the praise to his team and lead an organization. And you mentioned the adversity, and I guess that's kind of the hardest thing to predict. How would you say he responds to adversity in game? You know, when he has an, an interception, how do you feel like he's able to bounce back? Do you think that is one of his, his stronger traits? Because that was one of the things coming out of college that a lot of people praised about Sam Darnold was this, you know, stoic, infallible guy who you know, has that short-term memory. Do you feel like those type of terms would still apply to a guy like Zach Wilson? I think so. Uh, I keep referencing that Tennessee game, but there's just so many things that I think you learn from it. Uh, BYU struggled through that entire game. Like it was a, it was a defensive game. I think in the, in the fourth quarter, it was something like 16 to 13 when Zach finally connected on a deep pass to set BYU up to tie the game and go to overtime. After they got into overtime, Zach Wilson looked unbelievable. And so after a game of struggle, after a game of playing against a really good defense with a ton of SEC athletes, he kind of just with, you know, withstood everything and then played really well when the, when it was time for him to step up, even that coastal Carolina game this year, like a lot of people look at that game as a big negative on his resume uh, because there, there were some struggles coastal, like they're not a household name, but that defense was crazy good this year. They're going to have players who were drafted and they, they really took it to the BYU offense. Uh, though BYU lost the game, you watch Zach on that last drive. He, he didn't back down from the moment. He wasn't worried to throw these crazy passes uh, I think the first or second play of the drive, he hits a receiver on a comeback route down the sideline. And it's one of the most unbelievable throws I've seen him make all year throughout his entire career. And that was in a game that, you know, there was all kinds of uh, things happening on the field, like a, almost a, a brawl happening right before halftime. He had thrown an interception. So I think he's shown that he can do it. Uh, but absolutely it's, it's something that needs to be watched because it's different when you get to the NFL level. One thing, one thing that he didn't have to face this year that really nobody had to face this year, but is the, uh, the, the, I guess the, the feel of a crowd, like if he throws an interception or things go bad and he's on the road in front of a packed house at, you know, in, in Foxborough and everybody's booing or whatever, he didn't face that this year, right? All the stadiums right. were empty. And so it's kind of easy to, to circle up with your team, adjust, and there's no fan noise or anything going on. That's something that everybody deals with, I guess, coming out of college this year. But I, I'm anxious to see what that looks like. But I think he's got the makeup to do it. 
Well, dealing with the pressure, it's I, we kind of talked about it a little bit earlier. Where are you concerned about him making the jump to New York? I will say, and I kind of agree with you. I would, if I have to choose somebody, I would almost rather take the big fish in a little pond than a little fish in a big pond. If you look at a guy like Mac Jones, you know he is obviously in a, a, a bigger situation, a bigger market, more national games, probably at the beginning of the season, at least more well-known, but a guy like Zach Wilson in his own little bubble, his community, he's a superstar. So he at least has some sort of experience in that type of role. I guess the other kind of funny, I don't want to say funny, but I get kind of funny minor concern that people have is always oh, uncles, the owner of jet blue. Does he have that real grit, that tenacity that it's going to take to get to the next level? People talk about the three car garage that he had growing up. Are, is that any concern to you at all? Do you think that there's any issues with Zach Wilson's humility and being able to, to relate to an NFL rock locker room? No, I, I don't think so. At least, you know, not more so than any other quarterback, like any quarterback in this era of college football, I don't really care what your background is. By the time you're on the draft radar, you've got agents, you've got the, the media, you've got everybody who is building you up into a superstar already. So relative to everybody else, no, I don't think there's any issues whatsoever uh, on that front. One thing about his humility and just kind of his work ethic that I think is important, that gets overlooked. Uh, we talked about it. As a true freshman, he comes in, he gets the job, right? And then he struggles a little bit as a sophomore as he comes back through injuries or whatever. Uh, going into his junior year, BYU said it was a quarterback competition. Like it wasn't right. As soon as he was healthy, we all kind of knew. But publicly, it was a it was a quarterback competition. There were three guys who could win the job, and Zach wasn't named the starter until midway through fall camp. He never complained. A lot of quarterbacks transfer in that situation now. A lot of quarterbacks shy away from that level of competition, and Zach certainly would have had options, right? Like after two years of BYU and what he put on film there would have been a number of P5 schools that would have said, Hey, come transfer here. You'll be our guy. He just quietly got to work and won the job again. And I think that speaks volumes to the kind of, of person that he is, that he didn't run from the competition. He just said, Oh, Hey, okay. Yeah. I got hurt. The other quarterbacks played well. It should I'll compete. And I think that speaks really loud about who he is. And Hey, as much as I love Justin Fields, that's not the same situation for him in Georgia. So yeah, absolutely. Well, so let's talk a little bit about Wilson on the field. I think we've all seen quite a bit of him to this point. Anyone listening to this is a Jets fan has probably listened or watched quite a bit of Wilson to this point. But from your point of view, watching him develop throughout his career, what would you say are some of his biggest strengths as a player, particularly, particularly the ones that will translate the best to the NFL? Yeah. I mean, everybody's talked about it at this point ad nauseum, like his ability to throw off, pl off platform and, and extend the plays and all of that. I think his pocket passing is pretty special. Like that's one thing that people it didn't make the highlight reel. So people don't really talk about it, but when he was, uh, I think he was like a 70, I can't remember the exact percent. It was like 78 or 79% completion percentage when he was in the pocket and unblitzed. Like the guy could go through his pro progressions when he had a clean pocket. He could do all the stuff to extend a play, but just his natural ability as a passer gets overlooked. Like he will hit that, you know, 10, 15 yard out route to the far hash every time. And he makes it look so easy that you forget that, holy shit, that's a hard throw to make consistently all the time. He does it all the time. You don't even think about it. Uh, for BYU fans, it's, it's going to be a huge adjustment because some of the things that Zach did that went for like eight yard gains, like his ability to go through, progression one two three four hit the check down guy in stride and he goes for six yards instead of three uh and BYU is able to pick up the first down on the next play or whatever like that's 
that isn't easy. Like it isn't easy to go through your progressions and, and look back and hit a receiver running in stride out of the backfield, but he did it. And so his just his his natural, uh, I, I guess it's like his his technique. I don't know what it is, but just his natural ability to do the little things that make a football player good. He can do those in his sleep. The highlight plays, the off-platform stuff, the deep throws against his body on the run, like that stuff's all cool. But his ability to just sit in the pocket and make play, I think is vastly understated. And it progressed as he got uh, older at BYU. So looking forward as presumably the Jets, but whoever drafts Zach Wilson tries to build around him, what types of receivers and just skill players in general, whether it's your O-line, running backs, tight ends, what types of players do you think are the best to complement his skill set? Yeah, it's an offensive line. I mean, it has to be the offensive line. Uh, and it has to be, I think, an athletic offensive line. Like, because of the way that Zach plays, he does want to move out of the pocket. He's a pass-first guy. He, he doesn't want to tuck it and run, but he will extend the play and move the pocket or whatever. Uh, he needs an athletic offensive line that doesn't hold when that happens, or an athletic offensive line that they can adjust to Zach as he moves and does his thing. As far as receivers, I think it's really interesting – uh, he played with a walk-on in Dax Mill and made him, you know, borderline All-American good. And he played with a tight end this year, tr- a freshman tight end by the name of Isaac Rex, who's just this freak of a tight end. He was like six, seven, super fast. Uh, so that big traditional, you know, red zone threat. And Zach threw 12 touchdowns to him. Uh, he played as a freshman with some bigger BYU wide receivers that were slower, six, four, uh, and they played on the outside. And, and for the most part, they were just kind of moved the chains guys, not deep threats at all. And Zach was very successful with those guys. So I think he, in terms of the skill position, I play with kind of everybody. Uh, I think it's the offensive line that's key for him. He's got to be able to uh, be protected and he's got to be able to go through some of his reads and he's got to have an athletic offensive line in front of him that can adjust to the things that he does. Yeah, his pocket presence almost reminds me of of Russell Wilson in the sense. I think Russell Wilson was the most sacked quarterback seven of the last nine years or something crazy like that I saw on Twitter, where it's a sense that he will have some incredible pocket movement at times where he makes two or three guys miss um, just jaw-dropping plays. But yeah, he's going to walk into a lot of sacks, and I do suspect that he's going to be atop a lot of those most sacked quarterback list and so it is imperative like you mentioned that joe douglas build the wall in front of him and give him a good offensive line what would you say are some of his other biggest weaknesses or your biggest concerns about his transition to the nfl yeah my i mean my biggest concern is he just he, he hasn't played with the speed that he's going to see at the nfl level every week uh and and that goes both ways right like he hasn't played with wide receivers who are going to be as fast as the wide receivers that he's playing with uh, he hasn't played with uh, against defenses that are as fast. So any quarterback is going to have to adjust to that. But I think that it's going to be maybe a bigger learning curve. Um, so maybe, I mean, maybe the real concern there for me is, is how patient are the Jets willing to be? How patient are Jets fans willing to be? I think he can get there, but I think it's going to be like that Josh Allen reference, right? That I think he's going to need a year or two. He's not going to be a guy that comes in as a rookie and suddenly the Jets are pushing for a playoff spot. Like he's going to need a year or two to adjust. But I think as he does that, you're going to see the flashes of, holy cow, he's really, really good. And if, if fans can be patient with him for that, that first year, uh, I don't know enough about the Jets quarterback situation other than to know that there isn't one right now. So it seems like whoever they take at quarterback is probably going to play really early on. They're going to have to be patient. The learning curve is going to be steep, I think. 
but by year two, by the time he gets a, a full year and, you know, an off season with his teammates or whatever, I think that's, he's going to make big strides. Then the only other minor concern is uh, BYU is a different place, right? Like uh, Zach was definitely the big man on campus right away. And most of BYU's players are kind of low key, like mellow dudes. Uh, he hasn't played with the types of personalities that he's going to see at the NFL level. So just his ability to adapt in a locker room, I think he can be a leader, but can he be like the, the, the friend the teammate, whatever, however you want to put that. Don't, don't worry. Jamal Adams isn't in the Jets locker room anymore. So we don't <laughs> about that. There we go. That's, that's the real concern though, right? Like the next Jamal Adams, are they going to like Zach Wilson? Or are they going to look at, look at him? Like he's just kind of a weirdo. Like it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Yeah. The other thing that kind of jumps out to me when I watch him, and I was curious to get your take on this is, 95% of his plays are jaw dropping, amazing throws, but then he has like, he has like one or two plays a game where it's just like, what the hell was that? Like almost like the ball just slipped out of his hand or he just makes a bad read. Do you see that when you watch him? And is that something yeah. you're concerned about? Or is that just kind of like a random, just, you know, it comes with the territory of having a player who plays like he's playing shortstop. Yeah. I think it's some of that. I think it, it is just kind of the nature of who he is and it's going to, as long as it's not mistakes that are leading to turnovers, you can live with it, right? And, and that's kind of what I noticed from Zach over the course of his BYU career is his mistakes typically didn't end up in interceptions. It was like balls thrown at the ground, and it's like, oh, that's a little bit weird. Uh, but for the most part, I, I think a lot of it has to do with BYU's offense. If you, if you really break down what BYU wanted him to do and asked him to do this year, he was constantly – on the move and he was constantly making like all kinds of different reads and I and they asked him to do more this year than they ever have so as I watched him progress from game one against Navy until the bowl game against UCF uh, I think a lot of it came with comfort within the offense and as he continued to to learn that offense better those mistakes were fewer and far between uh, but they're there and if you're just watching highlights of them they're, they're unquestionably there but if you're watching it, you know, sequentially from start to finish, there were a lot more at the beginning of the year than there were at the end of the year. And I, I think that should be should be encouraging going forward. How are BYU fans looking at the Jets as a landing spot? There is an article recently, um, a local paper in Utah that was sort of begging the Jets to not draft him. So is that the general <laughs> consensus? You know, it, it was at the beginning. I think that, that guys like Joe Douglas – uh, they, they come in and they bring a lot of confidence. And so I think that there's a lot of fans who have come around on, okay, Zach can be a jet. Like this, this is good. I, I I'm all on board, man. I I'm wearing a jets hat now. Hey, I'm there we go. Jets bandwagon. Uh, because I, I just love Zach Wilson. I think he was, he was so much fun to cover and I'm a fan. Uh, so I think a lot of fans are kind of like me that they've slowly come around to the idea. Um, but there's no question, like the, the track record of quarterbacks that have not performed or not lived up to expectations is a tough pill to swallow. But like I said, I don't think the, Jet, the, the Jets leadership, and you guys could tell me if I'm wrong, I don't think the Jets organization has had guys like Joe Douglas and Robert Sala leave, leading the program, that caliber. Definitely of not. Definitely not. In decades. So yeah, uh, I, I, I like the fit a lot more today than I would have three months ago. How confident are you that he goes number two? Just reading the tea leaves, we've had Steve Young come out and talk about it a little bit. Joe Douglas didn't really shoot that down at all when he was asked right. about it. So is it from your point of view, are you putting your money on Wilson going number two? 
You know, I've poked around a lot with uh, people close to Zach and nobody's ever come out right and said, hey, yeah, it's happening. But nobody's ever shot it down either. Like people that I've asked to that, you know, that like I say, I covered him since he was in high school. So people that he's been close to for years that have always pointed me in the right direction as far as the Zach Wilson source, they never shot it down. And so it makes me feel like they're comfortable. They know where they're going. I think everybody kind of knows where they're going. I'm comfortable enough that uh, on our website, we've started selling Z-A-C-H, Zach, Zach, Zach shirts because we're ready for Zach to be a Jet. So we're, we're there. In your conversations with those people who are close to Zach, do you get the sense that they, like you and, and other BYU fans, have come around on the Jets and, and maybe are overcoming the stigma of the ugly girl at the dance that the Jets have pretty much been the last two decades? or, or I mean, honestly, their entire franchise when it comes to young <laughs> quarterbacks? I, I think so. I think Michael LaFleur helps a lot. I think, like I say, that the steadiness and the leadership of Joe Douglas and Robert Sala goes a long ways. Robert Sala has like this weird connection to BYU fans. So Fred Warner over at the 49ers is a BYU guy. And now he's, you know, one of the best linebackers in the league. And anytime he talks about his NFL experience, he talks about Robert Sala being the guy, like the guy that, that was, that helped him become who he is today. And that resonates with BYU fans who are now listening to it and having to take that that they've heard from another BYU legend in Warner for the last three or four years and go, okay, I'm comfortable sending my son away with that man, you know, and that's, that's kind of where I think a lot of BYU fans are at. Two last questions for you. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day. I'm curious because Chris Sims made waves about a month ago when he had Zach Wilson as his number one rated quarterback in the class. And a few others have followed suit. And I will say it's not as shocking as it originally was. I can see the argument for why a guy like Zach Wilson might be number one. Hell, maybe even Justin Fields over Trevor Lawrence, if you want to get really crazy. How do you personally rank the top three quarterbacks, given that you are a a big BYU fan? Yeah, I mean, I I think I've been on record saying that, hey, any one of these three is probably the number one pick last year, probably the number one pick next year. So I think all three of those guys could be the are worthy of being the number one pick. I probably stick with Trevor Lawrence as number one, mostly because I'm afraid to not. And I'm like, right. just you look at him, he looks like a generational quarterback where Zach doesn't really look like it, but Zach plays like it, but just off the bus, Trevor Lawrence is like, Whoa, that's a quarterback. So I, I think I probably go Lawrence one, Zach two and, and Justin three, but really, like I say, any given year, any one of those guys could have been number one. The one thing that I will say that makes Zach, I think more appealing, Uh, is that with the exception of when Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields were playing against each other, you know, in the college football playoff or whatever, those guys were on the best team, had the best talent every game they played. Every game they played. They were far and away almost the favorite. I think Clemson probably would have been the favorite in every game that they played that wasn't the college football playoff. It's kind of easy. Like, they were meeting those expectations like they should uh Zach wasn't that way and certainly BYU wasn't that way and he got BYU to a point that every week you could kind of count on a consistent performance regardless of who they were playing if they were playing somebody good like UCF UCF is a great program they're not a P5 but they're a good team right BYU blew them out or if they're playing somebody like Texas State, you expect BYU to blow, and they blew them out. There were never any clunkers in this in his senior year that you were like, whoa, what the heck? The only game was that Coastal Carolina game that came together in like three days. Like it's a funny game. And so there is something there to me, and I don't know what it is. And if I was an NFL scout or an organization, I don't know that I would bank enough on 
whatever this something is, but there's something there that says, hey, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, you guys always had every weapon at your disposal. You never really had to elevate your play or elevate the team around you because you guys were the best no matter what. Like it was, it was there. Ohio State and Clemson are not going to drop a beat this year. They're not going to miss a beat. They're going to plug in whoever their quarterbacks are, and they're still going to go undefeated and be in the top five at the end of the year. That's what they do. BYU is going to take a big step back, regardless of who they play this year or next year. They're going to take a huge step backwards. Uh, and that is the Zach Wilson effect. And so for that reason, I would be really, really curious to take him, uh, like to see if he's worthy of that number one pick over Lawrence. I'd probably be too scared to actually do it. Right. If you take, if you take Zach Wilson or Justin Fields that matter over Trevor Lawrence and it goes poorly, everybody will blame you and you get fired. But if you take Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson or Justin Fields ends up becoming a better quarterback, nobody's really going to blame you for making that decision. I guess lastly, and you kind of alluded to it earlier, and I'm of the same thought, where I do believe that, like every rookie quarterback, but maybe even more so, Zach Wilson's going to have growing pains. I don't think he's going to walk in the league and be amazing. I think he's going to show those flashes, have some, you know, it's going to be peaks and valleys, and and like every rookie quarterback, but the Josh Allen example is is a great one. Personally, though, what do you expect from Zach Wilson, not just year one, but throughout his entire career, in New York. I mean, obviously that's an overarching broad statement to make, but from what you've seen, you've been scouting for him a long time. What do you expect year one? And what do you expect the career of Zach Wilson to be? Yeah. You know, uh, everything we have to assume health. That's the, the right. ultimate wild card. If the jets can't build an offensive line and he's, you know, constantly in the grass, then it's going to be really tough for him to do anything. Right. But if we can assume health and he's, he's able to stay on the field, the, the dude just works too hard to not be successful. Like, is he going to be, he's, he's being, you know, compared to, to Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes. I'm never going to put those kind of lofty expectations and say, yeah, that's who he's going to be. Cause that's insane. Like if he becomes that person, great, but you're never going to expect anybody to be Patrick Mahomes. Right. But he's, he works too damn hard to not be good. Whatever his ceiling is, he's going. And I have zero doubt in my mind. Uh, I think he is a very, very good quarterback. He will not leave anything on the table. He will get better every year. Um, how good he can be, I, like I say, you, you don't know. But I, I think he's got a pretty high ceiling, and I think he's going to find it wherever that, wherever that ceiling is. Jeff, exciting stuff. We really appreciate you coming on the podcast and, and, and talking to us about Zach. I will say I was already sold on Zach, but you just further solidified that, that I feel very good about who presumably will be the pick for the Jets next week. Uh, you can follow Jeff at Ricotto 10 uh, on Twitter. He covers BYU reporting or recruiting, excuse me, for CougarSportsInsider.com. You mentioned you're also part of 24 seven sports. Jeff, if there's anything else you want to plug or mention or say about Zach, um, go ahead. You, you have our Jets fans, uh, <laughs> listeners, you have their ears uh, waiting, you know, awesome stuff from you today, man. I really appreciate it, but uh, the floor is yours. No, I appreciate you guys having me on. Uh, really excited, really, about the Jets in general. There was a, a mock draft, I think the Athletic put out a couple of weeks ago that had uh, three BYU guys going to the Jets. I'm like, who knows if that's going to happen? But uh, I think they had Christensen and Milne also going to the Jets. It's like, oh, hell yeah, I'm on board. Make it BYU East. I think everybody would be <laughs> excited about it. So just excited uh, to, to see Zach in New York. And uh, really to be a part of uh, the, the Jets nation now, I mean, I'm, I'm all in. 
Hey, it's a crazy fan base and it's a crazy life. They will inevitably let you down, but we'll see if Zach Wilson <laughs> can, uh, can uh, change the jets fortune. You can follow us at CYJ pod on Twitter. You can follow myself at Ben W Blessington, Michael at Michael underscore Nania. You can find this podcast. We ever listen to podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, jets, xfactor.com. Uh, we'll have a lot more podcasts coming out this weekend next as we approach the draft. Uh, again, really appreciate Jeff coming on here. That was, um, you know, really great and really insightful. Uh, and it just has me ready to run through a brick wall, uh, considering that Zach Wilson's going to be the next Jets quarterback, most likely. I got to go ahead and order my number one uh, green, maybe the black, maybe the You can also black. order the Zach Wilson bowl at Chipotle, which is recently. Oh, he's a, he has a Chipotle spot. So he's got Nike and Chipotle. <laughs> wow. Yep. Uh, did Sam ever have any? I mean, I know he had Nike, but Chipotle is kind of a big step. I'll go order yeah. this. What's in the Zach Wilson bowl? Uh, it looks like we got some guacamole, some chicken, rice, beans. Not it's, for it's me. A little, but this, it this was sounds a like bland. This sounds like the Ben Blessington Bowl. This sounds like exactly what I ordered. <laughs> Hold on, let me see. Not ben, for me Zach, though. You I'm burrito guys. That was about as plain as it gets. What? How are you more plain than that? I mean, I'm just looking at the picture here. It might there might be more than that, but Where, he just I, posted this picture. But you know, if we're gonna get our weird NFL GM hat. This guy's not about the, the frills of the burrito. Just come in, get the job done, get the hell out of there. That's who Zach Wilson is. And so his burrito made a lot of sense. I like it. I, you know what? I like the analysis. I think you should throw that in the scouting report. Um, <laughs> there we go. Everybody, appreciate you listening. As we mentioned, we'll have a lot more episodes coming out this week and as we get closer to the draft. Go ahead and order your Zach Wilson uh, burrito bowl from Chipotle. We're not sponsored by Chipotle, but got to support the cause. Uh, thank you for listening. And as always, folks, don't let the Jets ruin your life. Pass the war quickly. Down to six seconds. Carr going down again. And it's Quinton Williams this time for the Jets. The middle in the air. Picked off. Ryan Poole to the end zone. Touchdown. Hunter to beat. And the punter brings him down. Brayton Mann saved a touchdown most likely. Looks right. Fires a bomb down the right sideline again for Mims. What a catch by Denzel Mims.